Good morning, Jefferson Avenue family. I'm excited about being able to share a message with you this morning as Andy's out of town. Uh, as you may have noticed, uh, my family is in. That's because I wanted to talk about uh, this morning dealing with problematic family members, and I wanted you to have a reference point as we discuss that this morning. Uh, so they're here. Uh, anything that you have a problem with me about, it's because of them. So uh, talk to them about that afterwards. Uh, but this morning... We're going to talk about a part of the body uh, directly connected uh, with the heart that sometimes we would like to think, and maybe I would like to think, that it operates uh, independently from that. Uh, but sadly, it doesn't. And, and we're going to talk about some facts about uh, the tongue this morning. Uh, and I found these facts on the Internet, so you know they've got to be true. Uh, the, the tongue is made up of eight muscles. It has thousands of taste buds. It requires moisture uh, to, uh, to taste. I didn't know this one, but uh, tongue prints are as unique as fingerprints. I'm not sure how they tested and found that out. Uh, and the other one I thought was interesting was that the color and the texture of the tongue can reveal some health issues. Uh, if it's pink or if it's red, if it's white, uh, those are some indicators of maybe some health things that are going on. Uh, it is an amazing thing to look at and that points to our Creator and just how amazing God is to give us something like the tongue uh, that exists uh, in our mouth. Uh, but it is gross uh, to look at. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, and obviously another fact is it's not normal uh, looking at that. Uh, I mean, just, just weird. But take a look at the tongue. It's gross. I'm not sure why you would want to. If you're, uh, you know, want to stick your hands in people's mouths and move that tongue around so you can do work. Obviously, it's an odd breed. John Rhodes, Richard Dicus, look at them. You know it must be odd uh, to want to mess with the tongue. Uh, Devin Richard married uh, Ryan, so obviously she's got odd choices that she makes uh, already. Uh, so dealing with the tongue, it's just, it's just this weird, gross thing. And, and, uh, but, but what the Bible says about it, and what I found to be true, is like one of those facts that the tongue reveals maybe some physical health ailments that could be going on, I think the tongue reveals some spiritual uh, ailments that are going on inside our hearts. Uh, ones that I'm easily convicted by. The things that I say, the things that come out of my mouth. Uh, the Bible gives us lots of information about the tongue. Most of it, it serves as a warning. I've got some verses uh, that we can look at. Some I'm not going to read, but some just a reference point uh, for you to know. But uh, Proverbs 18.21, death and life are found are in the found in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruits. James speaks a lot about the tongue. In James 1:26 says if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue deceives his own heart. Uh, this person's religion uh, is worthless. James 3, uh, especially if you're looking at verses 9 through 12, and I appreciate that being read earlier, uh, says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in His likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing by brothers and sisters. This should not be. Can both fresh and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree uh, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. This verse especially speaks uh, to what we're going to be talking about this morning is when it comes to what comes out of our mouth, it just doesn't uh, exist in our mouths and just come out. It's, it's something that's coming from the source of our heart. Something for us to be mindful in. And, and it could be an indicator that if you're thinking about what have my words been like this week, 
uh, it could be an indicator that there's some health issues going on, some spiritual issues that you have uh, that you need to address, that I need to, uh, to address myself. Uh, and I'll give you a scenario. Have, in the past week, as you think about the words that have came out of your mouth, have you ever, do you catch yourself, and maybe I should say, maybe not in the past week, maybe some of us have been really good, but have you caught yourself uh, faced with something frustrating, something terrible, something maybe not of your own doing, something that somebody else has done, either way, and something slips out of your mouth before you realize it, before you want it to, before you've had time to to stop it. Something terrible, something awful, uh, an outburst that just, uh, it shows, you know, all kinds of feelings towards people you love, maybe towards somebody that you don't love, maybe it's somebody you dislike. Maybe it's your family, maybe it's your spouse, your child, your friend, a coworker, a stranger in front of you, a stranger that you're dealing with, a customer, uh, maybe it's a, a student, maybe it's a complete stranger in any kind of, any kind of conversation. And, and I don't know what that could be for you. It could be a, a curse word, it could be taking God's name in vain, maybe it's gossip, maybe it's something mean, maybe it's something that tore down somebody instead of building them up. Maybe it's something that poisoned a relationship instead of something that healed it. Uh, maybe immediately you were pained by that with guilt. You know, you felt terrible for saying it. Uh, you, you just immediately, you're just racked by that, uh, that guilt and, and wish you could take it back. And maybe you start defending what you said. And, and maybe what you said was true, but maybe you said it without love and grace for that individual. And usually, there's more to a situation than the last three seconds that built up to whatever you said. I know it is the case for me. Uh, usually there's more than just those last three seconds or five seconds. We'd like to believe that that outburst, what slipped out, was, was not the norm. You know, that it was just like, oh, man, that just slipped out. That's typically not me. Uh, and that's an exception of how I normally talk. And in one way, it probably is. It probably was an exception of what uh, comes out of our mouths and comes out of my mouth, but uh, the exception is is that it's it's the one time that we allow the what comes out of our heart to be known to other people. It's the one time that our lack of patience, our lack of grace, our lack of kindness, our lack of wanting to build people up uh, is evident. Uh, we usually can keep that bottled up and don't let that out, but sometimes our our mouth just opens up and those lacking areas of our heart are on display. Maybe it's more the, the critical areas of our heart. Maybe it's uh, jealousy. Maybe it's envy. Maybe it's uh, discontent. Maybe it's this heart of bitterness that you've uh, allowed to creep in, that I've allowed to creep in, and uh, it's there. And, man, in those occasions, what's coming out of our mouth is, is maybe not the... Maybe not the just random exception that we'd like to think that it is. Maybe it's just what's filled up our heart so much just has no room left, and it's just spilling out. And I know for me, I wish it was just an exception of things, but, uh, but really, uh, when it comes to stuff and we say, I don't know if you're like this, we're like, well, I didn't mean it. What we really mean is I didn't mean to say it. You know, I, I didn't mean that at all. I didn't mean to sound uh, so arrogant. I didn't mean to sound so mean. I didn't mean to sound so unforgiving or so, uh, so tough and so rough on you. And, and what that really means is I didn't mean to, to say it. Uh, I didn't mean for that to come out. I didn't mean for you to know that's how I was thinking. 
I didn't know, I didn't mean for you to know that's how I was feeling. I didn't mean for you to know that's what I was going through, uh, that my relationship with God is kind of on the, the rocks and I'm just seated in some dark stuff right now in my heart that, uh, that I didn't really want everybody to know about it and you found out. And I don't know, uh, for you, but one author said it this way and I found it, uh, very moving. It says, the mouth becomes an unfiltered mirror of what's been stirring around in, in our hearts all along. That stuck with me. Uh, that that's, you know, what comes out of our mouth is probably a good reflection, probably more of a reflection that we'd care to connect with of who we are and our relationship with God in that moment and, and what's there. Jesus says it this way in Luke chapter 6, the good person out of the good treasures of their heart brings forth what is good. And the evil person out of the evil treasures bring forth what is evil, for his mouth speaks that which fills his heart. So an easy thing for us to look at is uh, what fills our heart. Now, we're going to look at an example really quick. Uh, Daniel chapter 4, uh, if you've been with us on Sunday nights, we've been going through, we just finished up a study of Daniel. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar is, is one of these great kings uh, of the world. He rules uh, the Babylonian Empire. It's an impressive uh, empire, and his reign is impressive. Uh, and we find out that Daniel uh, is able to interpret dreams, and he, he interprets one of the dreams that Nebuchadnezzar has, and he reminds him uh, that God is actually the one who reigns over this world, not you, uh, Nebuchadnezzar. And he reminds him that, and, and for a while, after he's warned in a, about a dream, Nebuchadnezzar is humbled. You know, he's obviously dealing with pride and arrogance, and he's forgetting who God is and who actually reigns. Uh, And for a time, he does really well with this. But in Daniel chapter 4 and verse 29, it says, Twelve months later, uh, as the king was walking on the roof of his royal palace of Babylon, he said, Is not all of this great Babylon I have built as a royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty? And even as the words were on his lips, a voice from heaven said this, This is what's decreed for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. Your royal authority has been taken away from you. You will be driven away from people, and you will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like an ox. Seven times will pass uh, for you uh, until going through this. And so, looking about Nebuchadnezzar, now, for a while his heart was humble before God. It got the message, and he got rid of some of that pride, some of that arrogance, what we see on display, but... Just like us, after a while, it, it snuck back in. It filled up his heart. And so we'd like to think when we're, we're, he's on this rooftop that, man, he was just so moved. He was probably on his rooftop constantly. I mean, this, this wasn't something that this is the first time he actually got access to his roof and he went up there to look. Uh, this is something he'd probably done before. But, man, his heart was full. There's been things that didn't need to be full of. And that evil treasure in his heart, it brought forth an evil statement, and that evil statement brought judgment uh, on him. And maybe uh, this has happened to you before. Maybe you've read God's Word and you've, you've read some of the warnings about uh, who we're supposed to be and be the image of Jesus and to, to speak uh, loving words. Even if they're words of truth, even if they're words of correction, they're to be loving. Uh, to speak words that build unity and not tear apart. Uh, to speak words that are full of grace, uh, that are full of truth and spirit. And we've heard those warnings, and but maybe sometimes our hearts have been filled with things that don't belong, and it goes public. And other people get to experience what, what we're dealing with. And when we look at Peter and James and other New Testament writers, we see them address the tongue. I think they see this as sometimes 
maybe the last part of our maturity that's yet to be conquered by Jesus completely. Uh, maybe they see this as the last area of, man, if, if somebody can really rein in their tongue, they have really done something. And that's why maybe they speak so much on the tongue and on the power of it and on the dangers of it, on, on what amazing things the tongue can do, both good and bad. Man, they really focus in on that. And when we think about what impression our speech gives on people, I think that's also why they talk about it. It's because as the church was forming, they wanted each of those members to be somebody who represented who Christ was to the people who didn't know him. For us today, it's the same thing. We're going to be maybe the first representation of who Jesus and God is, and hopefully they, they interact with us, and they hear the words come out of our mouth, and they're introduced to grace, mercy, forgiveness, kindness, love, all those amazing qualities uh, that God and Jesus are uh, and have been, and all these qualities we want them to interact with. But I know sometimes that's not the case for me. Maybe it's not always the case uh, for you, and maybe it's our shortcomings. And so when I think about uh, this verse we're about to read in 1 Peter, if you want to turn your Bibles there, it's 1 Peter chapter 2. I encourage you to turn there. Maybe it's after you've told your child for the 15th time to do something. And at that 16th time, man, you just, you just let loose on them. Maybe that's when we reveal we have a little shortcomings when it comes to Christ-like patience. Uh, maybe it's when you're dealing with some wrongdoing of somebody else. Maybe they've fallen short in some area in their walk with God. Maybe especially in their relationship with you. Uh, and you're going to not just talk to them about it, but maybe you're going to talk to other people about it. Maybe it's then where our shortcoming of, of having a, a heart that's filled with Christ-like grace uh, is on display. Maybe it's with other issues. Maybe it's with, with jealousy, with envy, when we talk about what other people have in a way that devalues them and devalues what God has blessed us with. Uh, maybe that's the struggle. But our, our tongues are revealing where we're at in our walk with God and, and what areas of growth that we need to take place in. And my, my tongue reveals all those things, a lack of patience, a lack of grace, uh, and maybe even a, a lack of boldness when it comes to speaking to somebody in terms of love. Uh, maybe I keep silent with my tongue when I really need to speak and say things that somebody needs to hear. But do it in a powerful way that shows your love and your thoughtfulness for them. And maybe that's just too far for us, but, so we just kind of skip on that. And so I don't know where you, where you find yourself and where your tongue gives evidence of your walk with Christ. But, but in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 22 through 24, we have this image of Jesus that we're given. Now one that I find just uh, painful to read when I think about my own tongue. But in 1 Peter chapter 2, it says, and I want you to listen to what, we're, what we've been discussing. It says, He committed no sin, and neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live in righteousness. By his wounds, we have been healed. I know what you're thinking right now when you're thinking about your life, when I'm thinking about my life is, man, uh, Evan, you don't know what this person is like. 
You don't know what my spouse is like. You don't know what my boss is like. You don't know how terrible uh, my coworkers are. You don't know why the things that I say come out of my mouth. If you knew the people I interacted with on a daily basis, you would understand why they came out. You would understand why I'm so frustrated, why I lose my patience so quickly with uh, my children. If you're around them for a night, uh, Evan, you would know why uh, it's so hard for me to build people up uh, because I just only see the negative, and it's just easier for me to tear down and, uh, and to focus on them than to try to think of what good things can I do to help build them up. I have fallen in every single one of those areas. I, I, I see those tough situations that we're faced with in life, and I see the failures in my life to rise up to them in the way that Christ has called me to. But at that same time, I see how Christ has risen above those in a way that sets the example for us and how we are to live. He, he sets the mark of, of how to live perfectly. Think if anybody could could complain about how things were and how people were and, and to focus on just criticizing people and never focus on building them up, to, to always be harsh, to always be unloving, to always be critical, to always uh, to just be, uh, to, to, to say any of those things. Man, Christ had every opportunity. Every opportunity in his ministry when he was trying to teach people the will of God and they just didn't understand it and he had to reach teach it and, and teach it again and again. Even his own followers had to be taught multiple times. Maybe with the people who came and said he was guilty and they tried to lie about him and they tried to, uh, and they were yelling at him, they were reviling him, they were spitting on him uh, at the crucifixion. Do you not think words could have came out of his mouth that would have put them in their place? Words that would have reigned about his his perfection and that his goal and and how he was here for them and that they didn't deserve it and he was no longer going to do it and they're about to get what's coming to them man in every every possible opportunity that jesus had he chose to serve god's will and not his own to pursue god's glory to trust in god's glory and making that great and not worry about himself everywhere that we have fallen short with our tongue, Jesus has proved faithful in his and with his. And so I, I, I'm not standing before you as somebody who's like, I've mastered the tongue, guys. It's time to get behind me. I'm not doing that uh, this morning. I, I could never uh, do that. What I am saying is we have a, a perfect Savior to look at who faced terrible situations but found a way to use his tongue to glorify God uh, in them and through them uh, and by them. And I want to be like him. And I want Jefferson Avenue to be like him. I want each of us to be like him. To be able to, when we interact with people in this community, for them to see Jesus through the words that come out of our mouth in terrible situations, in great situations, in moments where the rest of the world loses their patience, loses their kindness, loses their grace, our heart is overflowing with it because we have that good treasure in our heart of Jesus and, and there's no evil in there. There's no sin in there. But, uh, you know, I know we, we struggle with that. I know I struggle with that. Uh, I know it's tough to, to face situations in life and, and to come with those, but Jesus, his death, uh, has made it possible for our for us to be forgiven for those. His sacrifice uh, has made it possible for our tongue to serve him in righteousness 
in love and kindness and mercy and grace, he was able to submit every part of him so that we could live a life, even imperfectly with our tongues, yet perfected by his sacrifice. And it's given our hearts something that should be filled of that has so much stuff to proclaim. And if we're to experience all of Jesus' saving benefits, it's got to start with uh, our heart being given over to him, our heart cleaned out of all these evil things that are in it, our hearts being purified from all the sin that's in them so that what's in our heart is the things that flow flow well. And we think about that verse again uh, that we read about, man, can a spring f- bring forth that which is uh, bad? Can it bring forth bitter uh, and fresh at the same time? Can a, can a tree only bear one kind of fruit or can it bear both? And it's challenging us to know that, man, our hearts need to be fully given over to Christ so we can only bear one kind of fruit. And that's the fruit that leads towards repentance. So who needs a new heart this morning? If that was going to be the question. I know I need one. I need one daily, uh, almost. I need one to be renewed uh, constantly. Uh, and maybe that's you. Maybe you're realizing, man... Evan, I need a new one. If, if this is the expectation, uh, then I need a new heart. Well, Christ gives us these things that we can do to get that new heart. And I think that first one is confess. Confess your shortcomings. Confess all the bitterness, all the jealousy, all the anger, all the impatience that you have in your life right now that's in your heart. Confess that it's there. He knows that it's there. He needs you to recognize that it's there so that he can deal with it so that he can remove it from your heart, so he can put the good things that are in there. And that means, you know, confessing that and, and requesting prayers, requesting uh, through studying of his word to put the good things that are in there. Uh, God, I, I know I've got a lot of things in my heart. I need those gone. And God, as I read your word, I need you to put your good stuff in me, the good treasures. I want to pour forth those good things that I read all through your scriptures that are in there because the community of Cookville needs it, because my family desperately needs it, because the lost in my life need it, because this church, my brothers and sisters, they need that. And to, to request that, I know sometimes that's, that's hard for us to do, and, and, and trust me, there is, everybody could respond uh, and say, man, I've got stuff that I've said that I wish I never would have said. Uh, everybody is, has been there. And to pursue that desire to only share that which Christ would have us to do, it, it's a tough. I mean, we, we all need prayers of strength from each other for that to be the case. It's not a mark of, of you know, if you're thinking, man, I don't know if I can, can do this, I, I'm not sure. On your own, on my own, I cannot make my tongue say all the things that it needs to say and to stop saying all the things that I don't want it to say. I've got to have uh, the strength that Christ provides in order to make that happen. And I know uh, that you might as well. When we think about uh, what else we can do, I think, you know, slowing down and be purposeful. Uh, Think about, hey, what does Christ call me to say in these moments? What has Christ called me to do? And and to just take a moment uh, before we open up our mouths to think, hey, is this a reflection of what Christ would, would say? Is this a reflection of what they need to see in me in this moment and to purposely consider what comes out uh, of our mouths, to, to remember that we represent a Savior uh, who was silent when he was reviled, to represent a Savior who 
uh, gave grace when grace was needed. James 1.19 says, Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. I'd like for us to be the church that really focuses and purposely on building up one another uh, in love and sharing out uh, messages that connect other people uh, with Christ. I appreciate so much Matthew Sims leading our evangelism uh, training uh, class that we're having on Wednesday nights, equipping us uh, with words that we can share with other people who need to hear about Jesus. Those are the good treasures that we can put in our heart. To be purposeful this week as what we're putting in our hearts, that it's things like that, that it's things like God's Word, that it's things uh, that people need to hear. And I'd say the third thing is mind our hearts. You know, sometimes you've ever been told to mind your tongue. Uh, I would say probably more important is to mind uh, our hearts, to, to be mindful of what uh, we put in. And, and I'm going to close by saying this. Uh, Henry, almost a year uh, ago, not quite there yet, um, he had to do some speech therapy. He was behind a little bit in his language. And I appreciate uh, Katie Kelly. She worked uh, wonders with him and did a great job. And, uh, but he was a little delayed. Uh, but you know, the first thought, sadly, uh, the first thought that came in my mind when the doctor was like, you know, hey, he's a little delayed uh, in his speech, like he, he's probably going to need therapy. My first thought was like, well, that's not, to not be able to talk is not the worst thing in the world. And the reason I said that is because, for me, there are a lot of times in my life where I wish I didn't have the ability to talk. It would have saved a lot of heartache for me and for the people in my life. That's sad, though. It's sad because I should glory give glory to God for the tongue and the amazing thing that it is and the ability to communicate, uh, but I saw it as a burden. Uh, I saw it as a burden. I was like, well, maybe, you know, if that's the case, he can't talk. I mean, he's going to avoid a lot of harmful problems in his life. Uh, it's going to probably serve him a benefit. Now, he's, he's talking great now, talking all the time, uh, talks more than me, uh, and Sarah probably combined sometimes, and that's great. But I want to have a week I want him to grow up. I want each person in this congregation. My goal is, as I think about my words this week, is that these are words that, that I'm not going to live in regret for. Uh, these are going to be words that give glory, that give grace. These aren't going to be words that keep you up at night and think, man, I wish I hadn't said that, but words that I'm going to be saying a prayer of thanks of, God, I'm glad that was in my heart to say to that person who needed it. I want to be able to, to say, God, thank you for giving me the gift of my tongue this week. I really enjoyed giving glory to you with it all this week. Please let this week be the same. I want to have one of those kind of weeks. I want you to have one of those kind of weeks as well. So this morning, if you're struggling, if you're realizing like me, man, your tongue is a struggle for you, you're not alone. If you realize, man, my heart has been full of some things and it's been spewing out stuff all over my life, all over my family, all over my co-workers, and I, I need forgiveness for that. Uh, we're here to pray for you. We're here to encourage you. Uh, maybe you're hearing about Jesus and just the amazing Savior that he is to, to suffer the way that he suffered, to do it perfectly, to use his tongue for the purpose of God and not his own. And when I think about that and just how amazing he is, maybe he's the Savior you want to, to call uh, your own. And maybe you haven't done that yet. We want to study with you. We want to help you begin your walk with Christ in baptism. We are 
uh, here for you as, as a church family, not only to begin that relationship, but to help you uh, as you continue in it. So if you have a need uh, this morning, if there's something that we can pray for you, let us lift you up uh, to God. Let us help you in your walk with him. Uh, please come forward as we stand and as we sing.